Hey guys, I'm so excited to share with you today um, about Thanksgiving, the spiritual law of lift. This word's been bringing my spirit for a bit of time, and uh, so I've just been getting more and more excited about it, and God's just been opening my eyes to the power of Thanksgiving, and I can't wait to share this with you, because I really believe that if you start to come to grips with this, this has the power to transform your life, transform your work, transform your family, transform your future, transform your health. You know, I've heard about Thanksgiving and read about it many times over the years in the Word. And somehow God's just really reignited this truth in my life again as I've been meditating on it. And um, I trust by the end of today and as we continue to study this together, you're just going to get equally as excited about this as well. So you might be wondering firstly why the title Thanksgiving, the Spiritual Law of Lift. Well, before we get into that, I want to talk about the, the law of lift. Do you know, how much of the time have you found in your life that the law of gravity applies? Has anyone found that sometimes it hasn't, you know, maybe it's applied 90% of the time, maybe it's applied 95% of the time, you know? Has, has anyone experienced gravity applying any less than 100% of the time? Yet, how many times have you looked up and you've seen a bird fly? How many times have you been around a body of water and seen a beautiful dragonfly come past? How many times have you looked up and seen an aeroplane flying overhead? Or maybe you've seen a hang glider, or maybe you've seen a paraglider. What's going on? Doesn't the law of gravity apply? Doesn't it apply 100% of the time? So what's going on with all these other things that are somehow flying? Are they defying the law of gravity? No, they're not. It's because there is a higher law that applies. There's a law of aerodynamics and there's the law of lift. But you know that at any given time, anywhere around the world, there are airplanes on the ground or in hangars. But at any given time, any of those devices, if they are in proper functional working order, and they are manned by a pilot, those things have the potential to tap into the law of aerodynamics and the, and the law of lift. And those things will all of a sudden take off, off the ground and they can fly. And it always amazes me when I have the opportunity to get in a plane and fly somewhere that you approach this massive hunk of metal on the tarmac and all the baggage goes into the hold and I mean you know how much your own bag weighed when you packed it and got it there you know never mind everyone else's and all the fuel and everything else yet somehow this hunk of metal flies down the the runway at and at a given moment in time when the speed of the airplane combined with the lift of the wings and the flaps all of a sudden it takes off and the law of aerodynamics and lift supersede the law of gravity. And what happens in that moment in time? You begin a journey and it will take you somewhere that you would not have been able to go without that vehicle. The vehicle that I want to talk to you about today that can take you where you would not otherwise have been able to go is the law of thanksgiving and praise, which is the spiritual law of lift. Now... There are four models of Thanksgiving. I'm going to save you some time in case you wondered. <laughs> four different types of people. You may fall into one or more of these categories. Now, probably we've all fitted into all four of them at some point in our lives. 
So let me cover them so you can locate yourself a little bit. <laughs> the four models of thanksgiving. Firstly, the pessimist. The pessimist is not a thankful person. And they believe wholeheartedly that life is tough and unfair. And because they believe it completely, it's absolutely true for them. The next person is the skeptic, or as I like to call them, Mr. and Mrs. Cautious. Mr. and Mrs. Cautious adopt the watch and see attitude. Well, I'll see how things pan out. Don't get happy too quickly. Things will probably get worse before they get better. In terms of how often to be thankful. They can be skeptical. The next one is Mr. and Mrs. Stingy. Mr. and Mrs. Stingy believe, well, I'll be thankful when it's absolutely necessary and not a moment before. And when I am thankful, I'll give it in measured doses. Just enough because there's not a whole lot to go around. And the last category, the generous spirit. The generous spirited person believes there's always something to be thankful for. They give thanks quickly and easily because it flows from their spirit. So we're going to begin to look at um, what the Word of God has got to say about thanksgiving. And um, I'm going to trust the Lord to stir you up and challenge you uh, from wherever you are in, that, um, in those various models or categories of thanksgiving. And I'm trusting God to move you from wherever you are, to move you further, to move you higher, to take you deeper, and to cause a richness to begin to grow and develop in your heart um, toward the Lord. But I want to look at a scripture passage that um, I think is quite foundational when it comes to thanksgiving and praise um, in the body of Christ. I'm talking about uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and I'm going to read from verse 4. Actually, this whole chapter deserves to be studied in detail. So I would love for you guys to do that, and I'm going to invite you to take time out to go and read 1 Chronicles chapter 16 it's in its entirety. For the sake of time, we're not going to do that today, so I'll just touch on um, something here and there. But in chapter 16, verse 4, it says, talking about David, and this is David bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, and it says, He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the Ark of the Lord. And I just want to stop there for a moment. When David brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, one of the first things he did is he appointed some of the Levites to minister. He appointed. Now, I really believe that this is um, a type and a shadow in the Old Testament of what God was going to do in the New Testament. And the book of Hebrews tells us that we have a better covenant, right? So it's going to be even better than what was before. So... How many of you know that this principle has carried on? Instead of the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence in one place, we have the New Covenant, which um, happened when Jesus died and the veil um, that separated the manifest presence of God in the temple, that veil was torn from top to bottom, uh, which we know was a divine miracle because only man could tear it from bottom to top, but God tore it from top to bottom. In other words, He made His presence available to anyone who would believe so it wasn't just trapped in this box the ark was now available to anyone so 
God still appoints. David appointed back then, but now it's God who appoints. Now, back then it was only the Levites who were appointed to minister. But who is appointed to minister today? Well, the Word of God tells us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are temples of God's presence, in other words. The Holy Spirit is the manifest presence of God, right? So we have become the ark. Look at the person next to you and say, I've become an ark. <laughs> Sounds like a strange thing to say, right? But here's a cool thing. You know that the ark had angels whose wings were extended over the ark, over the presence of God. Guess where the angels' wings are extended today if you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Right? There's something to get excited about today. God's got His angels overshadowing you. His presence is within you if you believe in Him, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Somebody said amen. amen. That's it. Say, I've got His angels' wings overshadowing me. Glory. Okay, so the Levites were appointed, but now we have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So who is appointed? Who is the minister? We are the ministers. God has appointed us to minister to Him. And this is a high calling in, indeed. So, in fact, let's, before we go any further, turn to the person next and say, I've been appointed. I've been anointed to minister to the Lord. <laughs> All right, so as we go on and we read in verse 4, it says, that they were, um, he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to extol, thank, and praise the Lord God of Israel. To extol, thank, and praise. So these are um, words I'd like to give a bit of a definition for to paint a bit of a picture in your mind, if you like, and to stir you up. So the word extol means to praise highly. To lift up, to glorify. For example, the word extol can be used <clears throat> about someone who is maybe really excited and passionate about something in life. And you could say they really were extolling the praises of X, Y, Z. Right? So extol, to praise highly, to be persuaded, to be passionate about, to lift up. If you, someone's extolling the praises of, there's like nothing better than what they're saying. You know what I mean? Whatever it is they've discovered, this latest thing. It's like the latest and greatest and that's what extolling is. There's nothing greater than God. To glorify God. Some synonyms for the word extol are to bless, celebrate, exalt and magnify. The word praise. The word praise means to commend. And in one of the translations which I read from um, that chapter 16 verse 4 we just read, it talks about he appointed them to commend. So to commend, to esteem, and I love this, to bestow value. When we praise, we are bestowing value. Let's move on to the word thanksgiving. The word thanksgiving is a public acknowledgement or celebration of divine goodness, the act of giving thanks, a prayer expressing gratitude. And another word that we associate with thanks or thanksgiving is to appreciate, and of course that goes together with gratitude as well. The word appreciate is to grasp the nature, worth, 
quality or significance of, to value or admire highly, to recognize with gratitude. Now, as I'm sort of going through these words, you kind of realize that there's a lot of overlap between them and you'd be absolutely right. The word extol and praise is pretty interchangeable. And as you study thanksgiving and praise throughout the word, you'll realize they go hand in hand. Where you see thanksgiving, you see praise. Where you see praise, you see thanksgiving. So they're all part and parcel of the same acts of adoration of worship to God, right? So another definition of the word appreciate um, in a secular sense is to increase in number or value. For example, your financial investment will appreciate over time. How many of you would like your financial investments to appreciate over time, right? We're all like, yeah, like that, please. Well, how about this? When we live out of a state of thanksgiving, God's investment in us and our investments in God will appreciate an increase in number and value over time. Somebody said amen. amen. And the proof of this is found in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, of course, is the parable of the sower and the seed and the different types of ground that the seed is sowed onto. But we know that the scripture talks about how the seed that was sowed onto fertile ground grew up and produced a harvest. What? 30, 60 or 100 fold what was sown. How many of you can agree that's a great return on an investment, right? That's appreciation. So can you see the law of appreciation at work in um, the believer in Mark chapter 4? So... The believer who's enjoying that kind of growth and appreciation and value being added is a believer who's expressing their faith. And one of the key ways we express our faith is through thanksgiving and praise.